0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 345 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth, back in a preview season. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got we got Innistrad cards for days, and that's going to be a big topic on the cast today. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Welcome, Krim. How are you today? Morning, Seth.
1: Yeah, we're we're, we're back. We're back for, for good old Innistrad here, so I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, so spoilers started Thursday, and we had a few through the weekend, too. So we've gotten, I don't know, not quite half the set yet, I would say, but we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Some really interesting cards, and I think we're going to basically the entire cast to talking about new preview cards we'll see maybe get some fish mail at the end but that is a plan for today new innistrad midnight hunt stuff before we get into that though a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you've probably heard about them from us before. They're a great way to sell your Magic cards. And they're offering a new service that's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with a reduced service fee. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. And as with all Card Conduit services, you don't gotta sort, you don't gotta grade, none of those shenanigans. Just safely pack up your cards, ship them out, and you'll get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off by going over to cardconduit.com goldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And uh, let's talk some Innistrad. And before we get to the cards, we're going to get to that in a minute. I got to ask you, we're a decent Way into spoiler season what do you think about this set overall has it met your expectations as far as a third return to innistrad i i i think like flavor wise play wise everything feels very innistrad
1: here uh i think art wise it looks amazing this has to be the best art i've seen of all the innistrads that they've done so far uh i i, I think they've uh it, we've got a nice return to to power that, is above what Strixhaven and all that was, uh, and obviously not as powerful as Throne of Eldraine. So it looks really good. It looks like it'll also play real well, and you know, once again, flavor and all that. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, I, I think it feels really Innistrad. So I I was afraid of the battle for Zendikar treatment. Uh, we didn't <laughs> we didn't get here. Even shadows over Innistrad felt like a little out of place. So I like where we are. I like the new uh, showcase frames. I like the the dark, the the night showcase frames. The the day ones look a little eldrainy to me, uh, but the night ones are pretty sweet. The black and white ones and the new mechanics, which we're about to talk about, uh, are pretty sweet. I think it it feels really on flavor, and we don't have like a megamorph. So uh, I I actually really like what they're doing with the set. So we'll see how it actually plays out in practice and what standard looks like. But so far, it's looking pretty good for rotation.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same place. I think the set's looking really sweet. It feels much more like the original Innistrad uh, than Shadows of Innistrad, which I think is a good thing. It's kind of a, a back to the roots of the Innistrad plane. And the card's look pretty powerful. Powerful, as Krim said, not in a way like Throne of Valderraine, where I'm sitting here like, oh no, this is going to be miserable, but powerful in a way where I'm like, okay, like these cards look pretty playable. I'm excited to play them in standard I, I'm, you know, hesitant to say this after the last two years, but standard might actually be good after rotation. Like, I actually have pretty high hopes for our standard. Ooh, I'm uh, hitting my microphone as I, <laughs> as I rub my hands together in excitement. You probably heard that. So I'm, I'm super hyped for this set. But let's let's talk about some of these sweet new cards. Richard, take it away and guide us through some Innistrad Midnight Hunt spoilers. All right. We have first up Arlen.
2: The Planeswalker is back. Arlen, the Pax Hope, obviously, uh, she's double-sided. So front side, uh, two red and a green, four mana value, four starting loyalty, day bound. Uh, That's a new mechanic. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes knight next turn. Uh, So plus one until your next turn, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash. And each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter. Minus three, create two green wolf creature tokens. Uh, Backside is Arlen, the moon's fury, uh, nightbound. If a player casts at least two spells during their own turn, it becomes day next turn. Uh, Plus two, add red and a green. Zero, until end of turn, Arlen becomes a 5-5 werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. This is like almost Huntmaster,
1: right? Like, I mean, I think this is almost... Outside of the five, five indestructible thing, I think this is Huntmaster put in Planeswalker form.
0: I, is I it? can, I can see the, com- I can, I can kind of see the comparison a little bit. I mean, it doesn't, eh, I don't know. It doesn't shoot down creatures like Huntmaster. Oh, Master. yeah, right. It does right. make their right. well, games white, things <laughs> things. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. I, the mana cost, though. Nailed it with the mana cost. Okay. Costs. Exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but,
1: I, I felt like it was, Pretty much like pretty close to Huntmaster, but yeah, it doesn't ping things down. So every every time we've had an Arlen, she's kind of missed the mark for standard. Uh I or at, le- at least I mean in most decks. I kind of feel right now it's more of the same. Ooh,
0: I kind of like this Arlen. I think it's the best Arlen. Oh yeah. I really I really like the design for werewolves in specific. I think the I think that was the goal, to make a Planeswalker for, like, Daybound, Nightbound, or Werewolf-style decks. And I think that that plus one, allowing you to cast stuff with Flash, synergizes really well with a Werewolf-style deck. And then the thing I'm most excited about is the, the Backside Zero, like the 5-5 five, five, Trample Indestructible Haste. A reality Smasher is a pretty frightening card. And the way this new Nabound Nightbound mechanic works, you can potentially have Arlen coming in on that side because something else can like switch it tonight. So you don't have to transform it once it's in play. So if you can have something else on turn three or whatever switch things tonight and then just have this come down as a 5 5 trample indestructible haste, that's a pretty legitimate threat. So I think in a dedicated Daybound Nightbound deck, I think Arlen could actually be really good, like, in a werewolf-style deck. As far as just playing it in a generic deck, then I'm a little bit less excited about it. But in werewolves, I think it could be pretty good. I think she's good in a non-werewolf deck
2: because she works with herself. So the the biggest problem with werewolves is you you can't control Daybound, Nightbound, or, you know, the flipping, the original flipping. And, you know, obviously if you play uh, a full, you know, werewolf deck, you can control this to some degree, but as like a, a random one of you can play her and then just plus and play your cards uh during your opponent's turn hence you can get the flipping action going and if you for whatever reason don't want to flip you can just make two green wolf creature tokens so i actually think she's pretty good and uh, the the backside plus 2 is like weird like i don't know why you're going to add mana but okay and, and you also get to pump your creatures on that plus 1 as well so i actually think She works as a generic, you know, gruel planeswalker. You slot into a deck and doesn't need
0: to just sit in an actual dedicated daybound, nightbound deck. What do you think of the daybound, nightbound mechanic? It's very similar to the old werewolf mechanic, but to me it feels like a pretty meaningful upgrade. Your opponents can no longer do the like, oh, wait until you pass your turn and then cast a opt on your end step to make you skip your turn and not flip your stuff because it only cares about casting spells during your own turn. It's easier to flip it back and forth, I think, with how Daybound and Nightbound works because uh, you can come in on the Nightbound side. How big of an upgrade is this new version of the Werewolf mechanic compared to the past Werewolf Transform mechanic?
1: I, I think this is a sweet mechanic. I love Daybound Nightbound. Um, I, I think just like how you had mentioned before, you could be, you could kind of like abuse the whole situation by just waiting until the end step. So this kind of gets around that, right?
2: Yeah. And you, the fact that you can come down on the backside is huge, right? Like you said, like a four man, a five, five ace trample indestructible, like your, your opponents need to be, you know, on, on their feet and you can control it a lot better with the, the way the new rules are set up. So I actually think they have fixed it. Like, the, like let, let's be real. Besides Huntmaster, the old mechanic was, like, terrible. Right? Like, you, you had to go yep. through a lot of hoops to get what you wanted. Hey, and Mayor? Arlen? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mayor was a two-mana one-one that pumped, okay? It was good enough at base level. But, like, the old Arlen. Like, you could not get the old Arlen to do what you wanted because you couldn't control the flipping correctly, you know, they were actual werewolves. They couldn't control it. Like, it just happened, right? Now, you can harness the power <laughs> of the dark side and the light side at the same time, but, you know, you can control it. So I think it's a very meaningful upgrade, and I'm glad they fixed the mechanic because werewolves kind of suck with the old mechanic, right? You just can't do anything with it.
0: Yeah, the, the old mechanic was not very good, and doubly so in Commander. My only concern, and I like this mechanic way better, and I wish all werewolves were like that. My only concern is werewolf decks and commander where some of your werewolves are daybound, nightbound, and other ones are the old school transform mechanic might be a little awkward to track because you're going to have like some of them flipping easily and other ones not flipping and not having your entire board flip at the same time is going to be going to be weird that's my only concern i almost wish they could go back and just like errata all the old werewolves to have this mechanic as well because i feel like it would make Commander decks in specific just play so much better.
1: I, I think that'd be great if, like, all werewolves just had Daybound actually kind of er- like stapled to them now. Daybound, Nightbound. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, do you see that happening? Because I, I I, yeah. I, I would love to no. see that because I think wolves would be like fun to play. And for a long time, we've needed some werewolf like love in the world of Commander. Uh, so now, now I guess we, we might have that. And uh I, I don't know. Daybound, nightbound is really cool, though. So I hope they do
2: it, but I don't think it's going to happen. All right. So Wizards yeah. heard you liked werewolves. <laughs> and Wizards <laughs> heard that we've had garbage werewolf commanders. So how about Tovalar, Dire Overlord? One red and a green, so three mana value, 3-3, three, three. legendary creature, human werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes night. Then transform any number of human werewolves you control. Uh, Daybound. And then the backside is Tovalar, uh, Midnight Scourge. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. X, green, red. Target wolf or werewolf you control gets plus X, plus zero, and gains trample until end of turn.
0: Nightbound. This This. card is so insane. Like, not only is this the best werewolf commander ever printed, I think this is on the short list of best tribal commanders ever printed. Like, it is ridiculously powerful. Like, uh, this card is just blowing my mind how strong it's gonna be as a werewolf commander. And I think it's even gonna be okay in standard. Like, a 3-3 for 3 that flips around into a 4-4 and has a bunch of upsides and maybe draws you some cards. Like, Unlike Ulrich, which was like kind of passable as a werewolf commander, although definitely not satisfying or exciting, uh, it was stone unplayable in formats like standard. I think Torvalar, if werewolves is a thing, I would definitely play Torvalar in my standard werewolf deck too.
1: Yeah. Like uh, this is great if werewolves become a thing. This is kind of like once again stapling the classic uh Toski effect. So I don't know. I mean, that's kind of annoying. But uh like I, I think this card looks really sweet for werewolves. I I don't I don't know how good it'll be in, in standard. This is heavily dependent on the werewolf side. I, I think it's just decent. Or maybe I'm just out of touch because I'm used to everything you know being from Eldrain. <laughs> but the thing here is like so far power level wise, uh this isn't the card that has
2: uh, <laughs> like really done it for me yet. I, I, I think it's just good. I was gonna say it looks extremely good to me if there's enough support like if there are good other wolves and werewolves like by itself it's kind of meh. but if we can curve out with a good curve uh this and then arlen i think this is legit like as long as there's not a three mana five five stonewalling all your attackers right like as long as this like (laughs) is almost legitimate enough like like Toskiing in is, is like so strong right like if you have three creatures you hit you draw three cards like there's no coming back from that right so I think it's really strong. And the wolf run effect ensures your combat goes through as well. There's like synergy here where they block, you just wolf run whatever they block, draw a card anyway, trade. So the grinding power of this card is really good. We'll see if a 3-3 and a 4-4 matches up to the power and level or the power and toughness of, uh, Midnight Hunt
0: standard. Yeah. When I, when I see werewolves, my initial reaction is, Oh, wizard is going to want them to be good. There's no way they're going to print a werewolf set and then not make werewolves good enough to see standard play. But, that is exactly how you end up uh, <clears throat> predicting Circle of Loyalty to be one of the best cards from its set, <laughs> because I think that was our exact justification, was like, there's no way they're going to make this knight set and not make knights good enough for standard, and then turns out knights weren't good enough for standard, and now we have a meme of Circle of Loyalty, yeah. so I would like to say werewolves are going to be good enough, but after my experience with knights in Throne of Eldorade, I, I don't want to go too far as saying they're going to be really good, because I, I think we got to wait and see, although I am sure it's really good in Commander. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's a pretty insane legend to, to head your werewolf deck. Yeah. Tosky It'll be very
2: good everything. in Commander. This is 2022 magic. We just make everything have Tosky claws on it
0: and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Does... Does that feel like the easy way out to you? For at all, like that was my only criticism of the card. It's obviously powerful, but I kind of feel like if you took any tribe that's lacking a commander and just stick Toski's text on it, you're gonna make a busted commander. Like it's what is Werewolfian about Tovalar? Like I know it has the flip ability and references Wolf Run, but the the Toski ability, I don't know. To me, that feels like an easy way out. If you got to make a good commander, you know, if you stick that text on there, it's gonna be really strong. Yeah. I mean, they, they wanted to not
2: have squirrels in werewolf decks. So they're like, I'll give you a squirrel in your commander. <laughs> like The best part? You know you're still going to play Toski. Yeah, still going to play oh, Tos You, 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 you Toski and this. Why would you not, right? <laughs> it's good. I mean, they, they could have made him indestructible, you know? Like, well, like what, what can you do in 2022? Yeah. Make him draw a card. Uh, <laughs> make them indestructible. Give him more 30. Like, I don't know, right? This is one of the key things. <laughs> <laughs> um all right next up we have uh, a translation uh indomitable adversary so that may not be the final card name a uh, one in a white human scout it's a mythic it's a three one lifelink uh, when it enters the battlefield you may pay a white and a generic mana so two any number of times when you pay that cost one or more times put that many courage counters on indomitable adversary creatures you control get plus one plus
0: one for each courage counter on indominal adversary this card's absurd i think as far as 60 card formats this might be the strongest card they've spoiled so far like its base rate is good a three mana three one with lifelink is a fine two drop and then any point in the game this is going to be a fine draw because of that like multi-kicker ability you cast it for six mana and you get a what a five three that double anthems your team it's hard for this card to ever be bad. So I feel like any sort of go wide deck, this card's going to be great. I even think this card can be modern playable because it triggers ETB rather than paying the cost when you cast it like multi kicker. You can like vile this into playing humans and pay two mana and have another human lower that also triggers all your human synergies. This card's just, it's really strong and really flexible.
1: I'm, I'm putting this right into my human commander deck. This is great just in an aggro deck, right? <laughs> like, in yeah. commander, 60 card format or not, I mean, especially in commander when you have mana rocks and all that stuff, you can just easily, once again, just drop this with all your excess mana and then pump your whole team. So it'll
2: do just as, uh, do do a solid there too. I hate cards like this. There's what? like no downside, right? Like you, you well, have a really respectable early game threat that is also really good late game, right? So like- There's, like, no downside. So the downside is 3-1 is not a good enough body, right? Like, that's that's the downside, right? So if a 3-1 is not a good enough body, but if you play it for 4 mana, is a 4-2 a good enough body pumping your whole team? If you pay for 6 mana, how about a double anthem effect on your team, right? Like, it's just so absurdly strong. And, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of like... I don't want to say it's Earl because it's not as strong as Earl, right? But like Earl, there's no downside, right? It's like you draw it early, you draw it late, doesn't matter. You just play it. Like it's all good, right? Like I, I just don't like cards like that. So, and the fact that it's human makes it a little gross, right? <laughs> for for modern. So yeah, it's going to be really strong. Uh, depends if we have like red and six type cards or something that like really hoses this like three one that really punishes it. But even then you just play it later. Uh, but. You know, giving you this anthem effect is like crazy strong. Like, what is this multi-kicker? What are they smoking? Like, why is it so
0: strong? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what? I, I- I think if there's good news, it it does die to removal. Like, it technically doesn't do anything immediately, so I guess it pumps your team if you can get to combat and attack. But it's not like an ETB trigger in the sense that you're going to, you know, draw a card and gain life like Uro is. So if you have a fatal push-up or whatever, it just immediately kill it. It kind of didn't do anything, which hopefully will keep it a little bit in check. But yeah, I, I agree. This card is... Uh, it's it's hard for it to ever be bad. Like, even if you have an, the worst case is what, you have an empty board, and even then it's still pumping itself, and it's a static ability, so it's gonna pump future creatures that you draw, so it's it's really difficult to imagine scenarios where you don't want to draw this card. If you have two mana, if you have 10 mana, standard 2022 mono white uh, aggro decks, white weenie decks, already playing loyal warhound. And that's yep. a three one. And that card is really bad, uh, in my opinion. It, this seems like just a, so we know a three one's already okay in standard 2022. And this is like a million times better. So yeah, this card is kind of crazy. I, I think it's, yeah,
1: it's absolutely uh, like, I love this card. For those exact reasons that Richard pretty much had mentioned, it's always good.
2: <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> Do you? though It's such a pain as a control player to play against this card, right? Like, oh yeah, this, this comp- because I mean, you're like same- okay, you just need to weather the storm in the first. You know, if you can gain control, you're good. But now they're like, ah, <laughs> you know, I don't want this late game like. Basically, overrun effect coming down, right?
1: <laughs> well, it is a mana. It, it requires them to use their mana, which might actually be good for you, right? Cause you're, you're normally, you're worried about, okay, well, what else are they going to do? If they try to do anything like a plus two, plus two kind of uh play, that's almost their entire turn. I imagine. But they can, they can wait for the
2: counter spell, like multi kicker. You have to cast it with the multi kicker, right? So this one, right? you can wait for the resolution of the spell. So now you just need to dodge removal. <laughs> Before you save yeah. your mana, right?
1: That's true. That's true. But I mean, that's, I mean, that, that, this is just a, if I remove this, it kind of deals with that kind of situation. Granted that at that point, I'm sure almost all your opponents will have t- like been taxed on their removal, but I, I, I think this is a very powerful card. Uh But yeah, like it doesn't seem busted to me. It's just very powerful.
0: My, my big concern is I really hate four of constructed cards at mythic like my my concern is more price aspect where this to remember like uh, voice of resurgence when that was like ridiculously expensive lotus cobra the first time around like these type of cards when they're printed mythic and you need four of them for standard and maybe older formats pioneer modern commander some demand there as well like this card's gonna get really pricey i think
2: all right next up we have uh, a returning angel uh, Sigarda, Champion of Light, one green, white, white, legendary creature, angel, mythic, four four, flying, trample. Humans you control get plus one plus one. Coven: When Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them and put them in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yo this card is bad right this card is like really bad <laughs> like like bad is it like sick or like no bad. no that,
1: no first off no one says bad is sick anymore like i, 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 I like how, how do i put this trash like i, I think right because the, i mean is it that bad I, it's pretty bad it's pretty no. bad four mana and and like okay coven it when Sagarda attacks it's not like it, when anything else of yours attacks and Cigar is on the board, like Winota. This is just bad. Also, Winota puts it into play. This just puts it into hand. So even if
0: you do get all of that somehow to happen, it goes into your hand. It needs a. It needs the toxic tax. I think that's <laughs> a problem. There's no no toxic ability on that. I don't think it's bad though. It's a four mana four four flying life lake. It pumps your humans and it, then maybe it's, generates
2: it's traple, card
0: advantage. Not it's trample. It, Oh, okay. So Maybe, you, Maybe. All right. you have Flank it dies to Doom Blade. Like,
2: like, this is literally dies to Doom like, like, <laughs> do, like, like, it does, like, nothing. And you need to untap and then attack, right? I mean, I guess it pumps you, your humans, but I, well, I have the... I don't you have,
1: have that 3-1? Yeah, like, like <laughs> you, you <laughs> have
2: that 3-1. You don't... The,
1: the, that does more to me than this card will.
0: <laughs> I guess I feel a little bad for Sigarda, because it does seem like she keeps getting worse and worse every yeah, time... Yeah, what, what happens? Like, original <laughs> Sigarda was great. Like... Well, we'll See, just, uh, that one was so good. The Original or Sigarda
1: something. might have been in the direction of a little bit too strong, but
0: but now, <laughs> now Sigarda
1: has been corrected, power level wise, almost overcorrected. I I don't know. Maybe prove me wrong, and like maybe this is what the format needs, and like this is where the power level is. But I I genuinely think, regardless of power level, the only thing this has going for it is that it doesn't die to
0: frostbite. <laughs> 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 Let it what about commander? Would you even play this in commander or do you just play one of the, even like the, the second Sigarda from shadows of oh, no! no, no. This what does that is... give all your humans hexproof and then, and then eat them from the graveyard to make humans or yeah. something like that? I, like is, I'm not even sure it's better than the second one, which was pretty bad. I don't I mean, know there even There must even be a remember. better Celestia
2: human commander. If you <laughs> really want one, right? You, ha- you yeah. and humans, you control of Okay. So actually
1: compared to the old one or the, the second one, this, I think this is better than the second one as a commander. Cause the, okay. cause this, the, the second one just gave you and humans you control hex proof and pay to exile a card from your graveyard, put a one, one human. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that is like, that's bad. That's like bottom, but <laughs> like that, that's like really <laughs> trash. And then, and then this one is only better by a little because it does give you the anthem immediately. Um, and, and cause it, I feel like in commander, we all know nobody plays spot removal anyways. So the, the thing is, this will, this will waste
2: it on Sigarda. You're good. Yeah. And like, <laughs>
1: exactly. When, when they, when they do, they're going to probably wait until you're trying to go off with like a splinter twin combo, right? Not, ah, oh, no, the Sigarda card. Like you, you yeah. go through all these hoops,
2: <laughs> you draw a card, right? Okay. You look at the top five, right? You get some selection in there, but that, that doesn't cut it in commander, right? Like, yeah, playing your four drop commander passing the turn around, you need three creatures, like you need three creatures with different powers too, right? Like there's like a lot more hoops you got to go through, and then your payoff is draw a card. You're like, okay, right? The- so <laughs> that's that's not worth.
1: I I find it funny too that you could potentially can still miss after all of that.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd <laughs> hilarious!
1: In Commander, if you do all of that, you could still miss. <laughs>
0: What a what do you guys think of the Coven mechanic? Like, is that mechanic just bad? The more I think about it, the more in a weird way it kind of reminds me of party, where you gotta have, you know, multiple creatures with some some restriction on them stick on the battlefield for it to do anything, and then your reward is usually pretty small. Is is there any hope for that mechanic, or is it just an underpowered mechanic?
1: Okay. Coven I think is probably better than party. Uh party's pretty bad. Like uh, yeah but but this this is only like inches <laughs> inches away yeah. from it right like i i think the payoff isn't enough uh and i think he, on top of that like yeah like that yeah like I, I don't know it's just too much it's too much it, it requires you to do too many things um i mean there are maybe there are better cards with coven but i don't think i've seen that card yet granted that we haven't seen the whole set yet so there's definitely still something that could blow
2: my mind when it comes to coven it's a limited mechanic right you don't want three creatures on the battlefield you're just gonna get blown up by a board wipe and if you do have three creatures chances are they're all the same like they're one one tokens or or something like that right so it it's really hard to trigger coven so i think it's a limited mechanic same thing with party right you like if for some reason you assembled the full party on the battlefield and did not get board wiped, then you're good to go. But you probably won already if like this was the state of the game, right? So Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like magic is just have one giant creature that's resilient and like keeps coming back and like just end the game, right? Not go wide with different power creatures, including your four-drop four-four that needs to untap to attack. So It seems like a doomed mechanic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of where I come down. It doesn't seem like a very good constructed mechanic to me. It seems like it takes a lot of work. It's really fragile to removal, similar to Party. And at least Party had some, like, relatively big payoffs. But so far from what we've seen from most of the Coven uh, payoffs, they're just... They're not that good. I actually think Sigarda might be the the best of them. Some of them are like put a single counter on something. I'm like, really? You want me to play three yeah, creatures with different power? And this you're going to a- for
2: free, and Sigarda would still be questionable, right? Yeah, like, like rather uh, than putting yeah. it, in, just drop it to the battlefield,
0: and you're like, Sigarda
2: ah, <laughs> would ha- should put it onto the battlefield for yeah. all that you're
0: going not through. Th- but yeah, Winota did. Yeah, well, yeah like yeah, Winota yeah. put multiple creatures into play. <laughs> I can't well, imagine care. Putting, well, like well, <laughs> here. Winota is, is
1: a very powerful card. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if that's. A, <laughs> if you're in the shadow of Winota, I think that's fine. But to even say this anywhere, like the the it is it is just. Kind of close in that it has four mana
2: <laughs> and it's a four four, but you have trample in case they have flying jump blockers. Okay, that's true. That's true. I mean, you are Not correct. Him. This, this card is so bad. All right, next up we have consuming blob, uh, three green, green, five CMC. It's also a mythic power and toughness is star and star plus one. Uh, consuming. Blob's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. At the beginning of your end step, create a green ooze creature token with this creature's power is equal to the number of card types in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that plus one. So Tarmogoyf tokens, but your graveyard only. Yo, this
1: card I think is actually really good for my uh, ooze commander deck. I, I am so excited! It's weird, like this card. It's not might the right be the...
2: colors. though. don't you need? Uh, don't you need the well, blue? Yeah, well, it's not my commander. The thing here, oh, although I do, oh. I do think oh, it's that it's not even like, legendary. They... Never mind, it's, it's not, not an, even yes. legendary. <laughs> yeah. It's just an ooze.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a good ooze, right? I mean, I I've been adding every ooze I can get into my deck. So like, obviously, I even added Okran ooze or whatever. That card's terrible, but uh, <laughs> th- this card is so sweet in an ooze deck, and I'm I'm not really sure whether this is like playable in standard yet. I mean, I I think the one thing that would have it going in its way is that it's at the beginning of your end step that you create the ooze token. So as opposed to waiting till your upkeep or paying mana or something like that. Uh of course, if they kill it right away, you did just kind of pay 5 mana for like nothing.
0: But but I feel like yeah. I feel like it's gonna be good in standard. I think it is. Like my my main concern is wizards is a uh, tax uh, attacking a lot of graveyard hate onto things. We've had several creatures that are just like oh incidentally exile your opponent stuff when it dies. So maybe there's too much graveyard hate, but it reminds me of biogenic ooze. Biogenic ooze was also a five drop that also made a Ooze token the turn it came into play. Uh You had the ability to pay four to make more two two oozes, uh, but consuming blob just gives you one for free each turn and that's gonna be a lot of power and toughness i feel like most of the time this is gonna be what Ed, at least a three four when it comes down if you're build around it even a little bit and then you get another three four on your end step i feel like that's actually like a pretty reasonable threat for standard for some sort of just like random mid-range piles type uh type deck but what do you think uh, richard you're well, the termogoyf expert how good is this card <laughs>
1: It's going to be tough. Biogenic ooze is way better. <laughs> you think so? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it, at yeah. the end step, it puts a 1-1 counter on each ooze you control. So it can take over the game by itself, right? Like, so if, if you like cards like Huntmaster that just kind of just sit there and just kind of do things on their own, Biogenic ooze did that, right? It was its own one, one ooze army. This, like. This y- is a one ooze army no, though. This, this <laughs> really gives you a. Slow. a
0: yeah it's super slow isn't biogenicus this no i'm so confused no no, no the plus the it's a 2-2 two, two that makes a 2-2 two, two, and then they become three threes on your end step this is going to be a 3-4 that makes a 3-4 like you're just getting more power and toughness and you get a news every turn without spending mana but i'm so you're, confused you're, how this is not better you're
1: only getting one Right. So the thing here is then I can also just sit there and just sink mana into biogenic ooze and not have to commit anymore. And then it becomes, I actually get two three threes, right? Or whatever, uh, not counting itself. So it's like three bodies that I think you can get. So I think that at the beginning of your end step part of biogenic ooze makes it infinitely better. And then on top of that, uh, the activated ability is actually really nice.
2: Yeah. I think Interesting. so in standard, you can just play like an ooze. And then that's it. Your opponent has to deal with it or you, you die, right? And you can just keep sinking mana into it and, like, call it a day. Whereas this one takes a bit to ramp up. Having played Tarmogoy for 8 million years, <laughs> it's going to be tough to get this thing big. Like, you really, in modern, rely on fetch lands going to the graveyard as some base power. And then also your opponent's doing things. Because this is only your graveyard, like, think about it. The ideal case is your opponent had to Doomblade you or something to get a creature in the graveyard. You had to cast an instant and a sorcery, and you're at a 3-4 only? Right? Like, like what are the odds you cast an instant or sorcery already? Right? So, you know, it's, it's kind of slow, but, you know, maybe by turn five, you can get a 3-4 because the
0: game has gone on for a long time. But even then, like, it's not that exciting. I'd rather have the other ooze. Uh, I would I would kind of imagine if you're playing it that you you probably have some graveyard synergies. You're probably playing Renin Seven or other like self-mill style effects to try to speed up the process a bit. But I, I think you're right. If you don't build around it at all, that is a, a big issue not hitting on your opponent's graveyard that is gonna uh, keep the size of the consuming blob in check. And, and on top of but that. But I think if you build around it, mm-hmm. well
1: I was gonna say if you play Renin Seven, it's gonna dump a ton of lands in a play, right? So, that means Biogenic Ooze, once again, would be able to activate more
0: than, like, and also just get a free Ooze. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sticking with Consuming Blob. We'll see. (laughs) I I still think. You haven't completely sold me that it's worse than Biogenic Ooze, but you did have some good points. I I will give you some good points. All right.
2: Uh, Enduring Angel is up next. Two White, White, White. So, five mana value. Three, three. Mythic creature angel flying double strike you have hex proof if your life total would be reduced to zero or less instead transform enduring angel and your life total becomes three then if enduring angel didn't transform this way you lose the game flip side uh star star power and toughness flying you have hex proof angelic enforcers power and toughness are equal to your life total whenever angelic enforcer attacks double your life total
0: let's get it uh, Got to be worse than Cigarda, right?
1: Uh, actually, uh, well, I don't know. The, the, yeah, it, it it is. It is like th- if there was a, a little like soundboard I have for just trash, I think I would be firing that off right now. <laughs> uh, this, this card is really bad. <laughs> it's an angel. I think
2: that's cool. But otherwise, I is this good? I, I don't understand the last clause. <sighs> then, if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Like what? What does that mean?
0: So, I. I think, uh, I think that's to account for copies of it. Like if you make a token copy, it wouldn't have a backside, but it would still technically transform when you died. So you would just never die. I see. Okay. So in the
2: normal case, so if you're about to die, your life total becomes three. You flip this thing and then it's uh, basically a three three. When it attacks, you double your life total. Uh,
1: The the thing here is it
0: should be a five five. For five, at least, coming down. Yeah. My big concern in Standard is Frostbite. Like, the three toughness, I think you're dead on. Like, I just can't imagine, with how popular Frostbite is, playing a five drop that doesn't do anything immediately and dies to a one mana removal spell that's really heavily played. I think it's a cool design, and I might play it in, like, a commander deck, and if you flip it and somehow gain life, it is a powerful creature. Like, it is going to grow quickly, but... In standard, I just I can't get past the frostbite thing. Why do you have hexproof? The angel should have hexproof.
2: <laughs> the angel forgot about the the, the 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 one weakness in this plan. You just kill the angel <laughs> before anything <laughs> happens. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's it's just too much of a mana. Like it costs way too much, and it's triple white. It it just looks
2: really bad. We all, I mean, that, that's like we're back to normal angels. We usually get like really bad angels. Uh, (laughs) I guess we're back on that track. Uh, So next up, we have the Celestis, a three mana legendary artifact at rare. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as the Celestis enters the battlefield. Tap, add one mana of any color. Pay three generic and tap it. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise... It becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain a life. You may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. Damn, dude. Richard's straight spitting right now. Hold on. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you read that all over again? <laughs> Look, it's a man of rock. I- that converts day
2: to night for three mana, okay? And you get to loot and gain a life when this happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. I
1: mean, uh, o- all right, but- outside of hearing day and night, I-, I feel like
2: I heard it like 30 times Look, Night and day, seconds. day and night, night <laughs> becomes <laughs> day. Transform night, day and day night, Day, night, 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 day. That's the yeah. card,
1: okay? I-, I think otherwise, outside of the mouthful that it is, I think it's actually a pretty cool mana rock. Um, I mean, I-, I don't know if I'm... Playing this in standard, like it, it seems <laughs> pretty bad in standard, but I I would I could see this happening in like that werewolf commander deck we were talking about. Um this this seems kind of right at home there.
0: Yeah, Werewolf Commander, it's definitely worth it. I was curious if you think it's worth it in a non-Werewolf Commander deck. Like, three mana mana rocks are kinda out of favor in favor of two mana mana rocks. Is the ability to loot and gain a life whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, is that enough? Is that enough to make you want to put this in your deck, or is that not enough of an upside? If you're a werewolf deck, it's great, because it's going to loot whenever day and night switches, and theoretically, that's going to be happening without you spending mana, so you're just going to get a bunch of free looting and life gaining, which seems good, but without those synergies, is that enough of an upside to play a three-mana mana rock?
1: What's the commander card, the ornament, or, or whatever, the one that came out from the pre-cons a while back, where... It- mm-hmm. Bon, mm, bonders ornament I think that's so. the one that right hmm. bonders ornament commander sphere no no Wait, no commander sphere is <laughs> like bonders ornament is the one i'm thinking of what is uh, that that mean? card that's a 3 mana add one mana of any color pay for each player who controls a permanent named bonders ornament draws a card right like so uh, i think that this this is i guess like a little bit better than that but but not by much like in a generic non
2: werewolf deck otherwise i don't know i is it really that that much? This is just different? like maybe. So it's a three mana banner off. Maybe you loot once. I, how's that better than Bonders Ornament? Isn't Bonders Ornament just straight better? You just pay. Four I guess, to draw I guess a you're card? right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I guarantee you no one else is gonna like, be playing a Bonders Ornament. So <laughs> I think this. I, maybe you're right. Maybe it's actually worse than Bonders Ornament for
2: one mana more. I'll probably always get to draw a card. Like so, you have Worn power stone, right? Three mana, um, two, you know, two two mana. You have things like Darksteel Ingot that's just like indestructible. And then you have the one that fixes all your like Chromatic Lantern. Like, always, I, I don't forget Skyclave Relic. I'd rather Skyclave Sky Relic. Relic is Relic. way better. Yeah. yeah. It's multi-kick. It has kicker and it's indestructible. And then you even have like weird ones like Strixhaven Stadium and things like that. So yeah. I actually don't think you would ever play this outside of a werewolf deck. Yeah. I think you'd play uh-huh. the magnifying glass, Seth, where you like pay eight mana
0: to investigate and draw a card. <laughs> to investigate, <laughs> that's better. It's than gotta this, be no? better than that, right? It's gotta, it's gotta be better than that one at least. <laughs> no, because you gotta skip I mean, your turn only to flip mana. day and night. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess we'll have to see. I, I think you're probably right that you need some amount of other cards to uh, flip from day to night maybe you don't gotta be full-on werewolf tribal. Like, maybe if you have, you know, a handful of good standalone day-and-night cards that can give you some free loots, maybe it'd be worth it, but... Yeah, I think the more the more we talk about it, I think you're right that you really do need other ways to manipulate Dana tonight to make it worth it, because there's just so many options. We had so many mana rocks these days that, like, five years ago, this card probably would have been really sweet back in the era when people were playing Darksteel Ingots with a straight face in most of their commander decks, but we're pretty long past that at this point. All right, next up, we have
2: Unnatural Growth. One green, 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 so... Uh, what was that? Five mana value, enchantment at rare at the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. Uh, you know, I think this is, this is weird. I don't, I'm not really sure how good this is in the standard
1: format yet. Uh, I think right now this looks good in like maybe commander. Uh, this is kind of exactly what I'd want in commander. Uh, but otherwise, this is just it. Is it is it not better to just? I mean, I guess it's better than cigar to Oh no no,
0: this is five mana. It's not four mana. It is it is five standard. I don't standard. I'm pretty skeptical. Yeah, I think the only way I could see this going well. Though is if there is some sort of like mono green trample deck because it doesn't give evasion so just making your creatures big isn't that good and it has four green mana symbols so you basically got to be mono green i don't know if there's a chance you could have like old growth troll into gnarled professor into this and just all of a sudden you have like 20 power of tramplers on turn five or something is that actually going to be good enough Eh, i don't know but if it has any chance in standard i think that that's probably where it's going to be some sort of trample style deck in commander i think it's interesting it also synergizes really well with extra combats because it triggers each combat. So if you have Morog or something, uh, you're going to be pumping multiple times each turn. And then if you have a Trampler, it'd be pretty easy to build them into a one shot kill. I think that is probably the most powerful thing you can do with it. But again, that might be more of a commander deck than a than a standard deck. So yeah.
2: it, it doesn't. So it's like a five matter finisher, but I'd rather just play like Beastmaster Ascension or Coat of Arms. The the one upside I see is you can drop this down, like, one turn, pass, somehow untap, double the power of topness of your creatures, and then use one of the green cards to draw cards based on power, like uh, Garrick or something, or Return the Wildspeaker. Ooh. Uh, so you draw, like, a billion cards, but again, that presumes you're going to untap with this, and so you're not immediately murdered. It's like playing the turn three Beastmaster ascension, you're going to die, right? You only play it as an overrun effect. <laughs> And being, like, five mana with four green symbols in it, I'm a little skeptical about it. Oh, so yeah, I, I keep forgetting. I It's five mana, it's not
1: four. Okay, it, might, it actually just keeps getting worse, because that green, one... Green, 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 one I generic, thought, yeah. I thought this was quad green. I just keep looking at it as quad green.
2: No, no, they added an extra maybe, mana.
0: <laughs> maybe in a devotion deck, like, if you're playing though, some sort of green devotion commander deck, that could be interesting. <laughs> but then it's Nylea. I, uh, <laughs> It's like, what? Yeah, uh, that's not that big a deal. The other thing in commander is I kind of want my pump spells to give trample. Like, I'm honestly not sure that I would rather have this over like uh, overwhelming stampede or something like Wouldn't it be better just to kill your opponent with overwhelming stampede rather than playing this and having them jump block with a bunch of one ones or something?
2: Yeah. And you need big creatures, which in, like if you already have big creatures, what you probably want is trample right so I, you know if i put this in a birds deck i become two two birds it's not a very exciting yo, rate. <laughs> Like you, you need to already have five fives or whatever right to make into ten tens but then they need trample
0: i feel like maybe with specific commanders this could be pretty good like galta becomes a one-shot kill out of your command zone because it's going to be 24 24 yep. trample yeah so maybe maybe with certain like Xenagos also makes like a huge trampling threat each turn maybe there's like specific commanders where i would rather have this than an overrun yeah fully
1: like right.
2: in a galta deck that's perfect
0: i need an excuse to break out galta again so all right i call <laughs>
2: unnatural growth in commander Glass. <laughs> 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 uh all right uh those are all the cards we wanted to talk about today do you guys have any specific cards <laughs> that we we missed yeah yeah literally all like the blue ones
1: <laughs> do we not talk about a single blue card today? Oh, we Those see. are all green. What's, and a
0: white. What's, uh, what's the best What's the best blue card we've seen so far, Grim? I mean, Poppet Stitcher? I think that right. card is let's, awesome. Let's do Poppet Stitcher. So Poppet Stitcher
2: is two and a blue. It's a 2-3. It's a mythic creature, human, wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token with Decade. Uh, Decade is a new mechanic keyword. It means it can't block when it attacks, sacrifice it at the end of combat. So at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, you may transform Poppet Stitcher. Backside is an artifact, Poppet Factory. Creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 3-3. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may transform Poppet Factory.
1: I mean, is that not, you could even say now you're pop it off.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: because that's going to be a sick card. I love this, right? This is kind of like a blue monastery mentor, uh, kind of like thingy, uh, effect. And I think that's, it's a two three. So it's not like going to, it's going to randomly get blocked by a, a one one and then get like killed or anything. So I, I don't know. It being a two three is pretty sweet. Still dies to frostbite, but it's a cheap enough threat to where, okay. If you don't kill this, I'm going to go off here.
0: I definitely am interested in trying to play a a Poppet Sedmore Witch deck in standard because it's a very similar style effect that wants the same thing. Uh, Some sort of like Demir Spellslinger token deck. My only concern is what do you think of Decade? That's that's my one concern with this. I, I feel like if you just read it as like, oh, a 2-2 token, the card's absurd, but when you think, okay, it's a 2-2 token that can't block, and I can only attack with it once and then it goes away, how good are Decayed tokens? That's been one of my biggest struggles this entire spoiler season, because there's a lot of cards that say Decayed, and you read them, and you're like, wow, for the mana cost, you're making a lot of tokens, this has to be powerful, but I keep thinking in the back of my mind, like, maybe Decade is just, like, this huge downside, because uh, when I think of Young Pyromancer and other similar effects, Monastery Mentor, part of the power is, you can, like, cast a spell, make a 1-1 chump blocker to, like, not die and survive, and then try to, like, rebuild the next turn. I feel like not being able to block is a pretty, like, a pretty big drawback. I still think the card's good, but what do you think of Decade in general? Like, how big of a drawback is that? Decade in general, I think, is still going to, depending on how you
1: get these tokens, like, Poppet Stitcher, I think on its own is, that's amazing, right? And especially if you get to flip over and become Poppet Factory, then you don't have to worry about the decayed part, right? They, they stay around for quite some time.
0: Yeah, that is an upside with Stitcher for sure. Losing the abilities is, is big text on the backside. Correct.
1: And, and like, so depending on how, you, like, cause you're going to get tokens just for doing stuff that you are already going to do. And if that's the case, I, I love that. Anytime you can reward me for doing something I'm pretty much already going to do, I'm on board. Uh, and I, I, like, Poppet Stitcher specifically seems really good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the card after. There's another one that's a, a black legendary that I love. Uh, and yeah, like these, these decayed things mean that, like, I can also now just attack a little more, uh, aggressively and not have to worry about, like, you know, losing out unless I'm trying to go, like, super duper wide or something. Uh, of course, it's poor defensively, but you know what? I, I think I'm okay with that because, why would I ever block? (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I think the can't block is a big deal. So it it needs to go into aggressive decks. Like, yes, theoretically you can flip the factory, but like you need to play this. You need to untap. You need to cast three spells. And even though, even if you do that, it's the following turn that you transform back into poppet factory. So it takes forever. Assuming you can even just like fire off three, one mana cantrips. So it's very I mean, slow if you consider want to. Consider is in the format. So that's perfect <laughs> for this blue-black zombie Sidge Sagmore Witch deck. This is very slow if you want to be blocking. Now if you want to be attacking, this is perfectly reasonable, right? But can you actually get like a an aggressive deck, you know, like like I guess like you maybe do some kind of is it burn action or something, right? Where you cast pop and snitcher, you burn their face, you make some zombies, you swing at them, like that style deck, I think is good. But, like, it's not Young pyromancer. It's not Mentor, where you just sit there, you cast spells, you chump block, you keep doing it, and then you eventually, like, turn the tides and win. Like, not being able to block, I think, is a big deal. So, yeah. aggressive, well, is it burn deck or something like that? Could be an interesting shell for it. Eventually, you could kind
1: of block. But, yeah, it's, it's much slower defensively. It's like but you got ag- detained for, like, three turns or something yeah. before you could actually block, right? It was, like, a long time but aggression wise cast a this, this is good time you know Th- this seems really this is like something i'd probably play out of the sideboard of my control deck just to you know break a control mirror or something like that this yep. seems really good
2: yeah it'll be it'll be interesting all right we got time for one card Krim. what is the one black card you want to talk about
1: oh only one okay uh gisa Glorious Resurrector in the world of Decade, right? I mean, this is, we're gonna stay in it. It's a two and black black legendary creature, human wizard. Uh If a creature an opponent control would die, exile it instead. At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards uh exiled with Gisa Glorious Resurrector under the battlefield under your control. They gain Decade. This is awesome, right? I mean, it's it's not like. I, like how Kalidas can like be like good against you know aggro decks because it does have life link. This does just serve as a solid graveyard hate though, and eventually kind of just over like your opponent can't let too many things go underneath the Gisa here, or else they're they're probably gonna die and be in a lot of trouble. On top of that, every time I look at Gisa, I think of it's always sunny. I forgot her name already. She's part of the main cast. I don't remember any of their names except for Mac. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah you, I yeah, you, you know who mean. I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I I've never the-
2: watched it's always sunny. You can probably Really? It right now. You've never watched It's always sunny? I-, I think sunny? I've seen like a couple episodes, but I've never like sat down and watched the full thing, but I know how beloved it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this she she reminds me
1: of that and then there's the black and white art one where it actually looks like true like a like a horror thing where this one it just looks like yo you're having a good time go off you know like and and I love this as a card is this is this not super duper sweet I feel like this is kind of like the fact that it serves as graveyard hate granted that it's only creature
0: graveyard hate I think this is going to be sweet and standard I think it's fun I think it's a fun card I'm not sure that I think it's that strong i'm not sure the The fact that it has to stay on the battlefield until your next upkeep is a little bit concerning uh so so there's some it's slow but it can be powerful if it sticks out like i imagine if you can like play this and cast a couple removal spells isn't there uh, was it darker necromancer or whatever It, it reminds me of that a little bit with the upside being uh, that you get the cards for free if you're willing to wait. Where Necromancer, you actually have to spend the mana on them, which is a lot slower. Although, uh, although Necromancer, it exiles things with an ice counter, so it sticks around for like future copies if Necromancer dies. It reminds me of like a, a fixed Turgrid, like how Turgrid gives you the value immediately. It's like, oh, you sack something and now I get it. This reminds me of Turgrid, but in a, in a slower, fairer sort of way. But I do think it's still a sweet card. Do you think it's actually good in standard? I can see it being good in standard. It's a 4-4. Four, four. That's the biggest thing. It's a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> it doesn't die
1: to, uh, right. like, like Frostbite. It is a bit slower. Uh, but this isn't a card that I want in a format, like, in a against a deck that's, like, going to be counterspell heavy. Right? This is a card that I, I, I could see maybe in my sideboard or maybe in the main board of something. I don't know. But in low n- numbers against all the other numerous creature decks that are running around. Because it it, it, your your opponent can't afford having can't afford have having you like get random things like I don't know a brutal Cathar or who knows what else is in standard right now,
0: like if it goes underneath Gisa, then it becomes a problem it does seem really good against random aggro decks like if you're up against white aggro or even red aggro since it doesn't die to frostbite like in those matchups I imagine you play this a 4-4 is good enough to block most of your opponent's best threats and then you just cast your removal spells and end up stealing their creatures and beating them down with them so I think definitely worse against like control decks and like removal heavy range decks but against the creature aggro decks it actually could be pretty good yeah like and the thing here is like you
1: don't have to pay the mana to put those cards that have been exited out onto the battlefield they just
2: go on the battlefield right so that's pretty good there's got to be something yeah. better no that to... is an upside it, it re- relies on your opponent having good creatures which half the time you can't <laughs> like half the time they have no creatures they're either control decks or they're, or they're doing something where they don't have creatures and then the other half of the time they have bad creatures you don't want so it <laughs> seems very conditional my real question is is it jundable <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't know if I'm it, playing it like, in a modern. It looks like Kalidas for the first line, right? And I, I, I feel like I want to force it to for the memes Like there's gotta be just, just there's gotta be something. I mean, uh, there's gotta be some matchup where you're like, look, this is the card I want. I don't know what that matchup is, <laughs> but there's gotta be some matchup where you actually want this. But every four drop. You know, you got you got to try it. You you never know, right? You got to.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 So, so what I'm hearing is, cigar de jund is uh, is on the menu. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know uh, what? Cigar- pumps- and Take it and be sad.
1: <laughs> Cigarda pumps Gisa glorious resurrector. So you go Abzan and,
0: you just get to party. What a, what do you think of Geese and Commander? Do I you think Gisa this could Commander. be like Fair Turgrid that doesn't uh make you arch enemy right away. Like obviously it's way less powerful. There's way more hoops, and you can't just wheel and steal everyone's hand or whatever. But do you think this is a card where you can get that same sort of like steal your opponent's stuff play style without you know it looking so scary that people just try to kill you first?
1: I mean, I think they're they're gonna kill you uh because anytime you think it's still that scary, I think it's still something yeah. that where it's like, hey, if you get to take anything of mine and put it on the board, I'm probably gonna have to kill you
2: unless. Like, I, I just don't see how this is ever a bad I mean, card it gets decayed, computer. right? You only get, yeah. you, they get like an ETB or an attack triggers, right? And then sometimes that's, it, right? that's all they need. Like, imagine just going, I kill your eternal witness, right? I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't know. I, I think this card's bad because you got to play a ton of spot removal and who wants to do that, right? <laughs> like, you need a ton I of mean, spot removal to. You should be playing Lisa.
1: spot removal. <laughs> I think this card is super cool in like a mono black kind of like control deck.
2: You you one for there's one yourself like, to get back a creature, so then yeah. you like basically just two for one. Kind yeah,
0: of. <laughs> then, eh, that's not exciting. I want to eight for the, one in commander. There's, right? <laughs> there's some shenanigans though. You can use like Conjurer's Closet to blink the Decay creature, and then it comes back under your control, but it won't have Decay. So you get like a real Wait, copy. It of It comes back and under there's your some other control or
2: owner's control. Or, under your control, oh, okay, yeah. Okay.
0: The, there's some that's owner's control, but there's a few that are also under your control. There's some janky old artifacts that also do that. So there are some ways to try to build around it. But yeah, Decay, I'm not sold on Decay. I'm very skeptical of Decay in general. All right.
2: So that wraps up our previews this week. So if you want to see them, you can check them on the website, mpgpreviews.com. Uh, we'll get to more previews uh, next week as we wrap up spoiler season. Uh, I guess we have time to sneak in one fish mail question. If you have questions, send them to at MPG Goldfish with the hashtag #mtgfishmail. We'll get to your questions on air. Uh at Gurgen Ryan, what is the crew's opinion on Amazon Magic the Gathering scandal? Uh people are buying boxes, taking the good cards, resealing, and sending them back to Amazon. This is causing others to get packs that have no rares and sometimes filled with just lands. I so have mean, you guys heard uh, of uh this thing where you're you're buying directly from Amazon, right? And it says it's from Amazon and you get like two-day shipping, or whatever, it comes sealed, but it's actually been resealed because someone has sent that box back to Amazon, and Amazon keeps all their inventory together. So like their actual inventory they get from distributors, plus whatever inventory they get from third-party merchants are kept together. So you are at risk of getting one of these bad boxes. And of course. Random person at Amazon doesn't have the expertise to double check to make sure your box hasn't been resealed or whatever. So people have been getting uh, obviously resealed packs coming from Amazon. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's terrible. Uh, I I
1: think this is a, a huge mess over in the world of Amazon. They need to figure that out real quick. But for right now, I am not buying anything from Amazon that is like
0: card game related Pokemon that any of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, sadly, that's the only thing you can really do right now to be safe, because how do you know? And can you even, like, let's say you're one of those people that get a bad box that's been tampered with. Can you even return it? I don't know how comfortable or confident I would be that I could talk to you some random person at amazon and explain like oh the rare was missing out of my pack or something like are, do you think you can get a refund if it does happen to you And maybe crim is right and you just have to not buy from amazon right now and how would amazon even fix that is there any like the same thing happens at walmart uh, in person where people will buy stuff take the good cards out of it return it to walmart or it used to i think they might have changed their rules recently to prevent it so the same thing happens there is there anything amazon can do like you stop accepting returns of magic cards is that what it comes down to but is, is there any way they can even really 100 fix this problem
1: uh to be honest with you, i think that's the the fix right they just got to stop accepting returns i mean it's it's also kind of weird because like i think this is also just something across amazon because i bought you know thor my dog food and i i get the food in the mail and it's literally... It was all basic lands. It was all basic lands. <laughs> like, that's, that's where they all went. Uh, the, there was no rare. <laughs> uh,
2: the food was already opened and resealed.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, so, th-
2: so this is not just an issue with returns, by the way. So this can happen, like, straight up without returns because uh, if I list an item on Amazon... So we all know that random people can list items on Amazon, right? I can send it mm-hmm. into Amazon and they will mix my inventory with their inventory. So uh, this is actually a bigger problem across all of Amazon with counterfeits, right? Like if you buy like maybe like an SD card or something, there are some merchants that buy counterfeit uh, SD cards and then they they sell it on Amazon and they mark it as the authentic one and it gets mixed in with the pool, right? So this is actually a broader Amazon problem, but it particularly hits hard with cards. And I think the only answer is your LGS, right? Like your LGS has a reputation. They have an expertise to look at the cards. And more importantly, they're not accepting random products from strangers to sell, right? They're getting them from distributors. So I think the LGS is where you go to uh, combat this while Amazon figures this problem out. And it's just awkward because Amazon is the quote unquote official place to get Wizards products. Like that's where Wizards (laughs) distributes them. Uh, So, but you know, just so everyone knows that this is an issue. And I think if you actually get it and you recognize it, Amazon will refund you, no problem. But what if you don't recognize it, right? Like, if they give you no rare, it's obvious. But what if they just give you, like, bulk rares and you didn't notice the pack was resealed, right? That's that's where the real problem is if you don't have the expertise to figure it out.
0: Well, I mean, it's good to support your LGS anyway If uh, if you have the opportunity. So maybe this is just another reason to support your LGS. I just feel bad, like... I guess for people who don't have an easy LGS, like, I'm kind of one of those people for the most part that I live in a pretty rural area. I don't have, like, lgs's that are close by and this few small ones that are like somewhat close by a lot of times don't do a lot of seal product or even any seal product at times so so yeah hopefully they figure out a way to get it fixed and it definitely is awkward that wizards has their official store on there because it kind of directly ties wizard's name to it <laughs> to some extent well seth if you don't have an lgs you can go to cardkingdom.com slash goldfish <laughs>
2: order oh, all your seal know, products they're like an lgs for everyone seth
0: <laughs> whoa I, I i need i need to do that because i need to get a, a free empty goldfish sticker <laughs> of a bearded scoops by letting them know in the order notes that i would like one
2: <laughs> perfect perfect
0: this was not planned at all so thank you kirk and ryan for sending in the question
2: if you have questions send it to at empty goldfish the hashtag energy fish meal, and we'll get to your
0: questions on air and i believe that that brings us to the end of episode 345 of the mtg goldfish uh fish podcast so richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out thanks to everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we will be back next week to talk about more innistrad spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic so until then have an amazing week everyone and this is the crew signing out